a super important podcast about hair. Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. What's happening, Mr. Ryan Teal? Are we recording now? I do believe it is, yeah. Okay, cool. Where are you at? I'm in my new studio space, the education studio space. That I have. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was just going to like try to record. I was just setting up my camera lights, going to do some blow-dry videos. Oh, cool. My team. So anytime you want to like do something and you're up in this area, we can make videos. And got like little, little TV monitor products, a couple of stations, a shampoo bowl back behind me. That's right. That's so what's up with you? What's up with you um, over the uh, the holidays? I mean, we haven't spoken in a while, so. I know, it's been a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was busy in the salon, and I just kind of, like, hung out with my kids. Uh, really just kind of, like, hung out a lot with them between Christmas and New Year's. And mm-hmm. I learned how to snowboard. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, I love, I love it. You Really? I can't snowboard where shit. Oh, I, uh, I lived in Portland, Oregon for a while, and, and yeah. we used to go up all the time. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's, how's work? Salon life is, it's okay. It's busy. I mean, it's, for the most part, it's busy. I'm waiting right now to hear uh, Gatorade is actually looking at our salon to, like, do some kind of commercial in it. Oh, wow. So they're supposed to let us know today, and then they're going to shoot it next Thursday. Kind of sucks, because all of a sudden it's like we're pretty much about three-quarters booked, and we have to, like, cancel everybody. But I kind of did the math. If I, even if I pay everybody to not be there, we'll still make about the same or more. So it's like might as well Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was really bizarre. In the salon earlier today and all, like, 20 people from there, all the directors and everybody showed up and we're checking out the space. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Will that be good, uh, will that be good uh, exposure for you as well? I have no idea. Probably not. Probably won't yeah. get do anything, you know. But we can say, hey, we were in a Gatorade commercial and yeah, yeah. pro athletes were in our s- salon. You can have t-shirts that say, I was in a Gatorade commercial. <laughs> exactly. What about, what about your yeah. salon? Yeah. How come you weren't in a Gatorade commercial? Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have t-shirts that said, my hairdresser was in Vogue. What about yours? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping after we finish here today, I'm going to try to take that new uh, the thing I had up on the screen, the, the new logo and stuff, and make some stickers. So when I go out to IB, ISSE this weekend, I'll just start passing them around. That's cool. Are you going to do it through a Vista print or? Uh, no, I'm just going to print them myself on color printer. Just use shipping labels, three by four shipping labels. Okay, okay. I'm going to go ghetto. Yeah. See if we can do it ghetto style. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I kind of ran out of time to put them up on, uh, to do them through Vista because I won't get them in time. Sure, sure. So what are the shows you're going to this year? Uh, as of right now, that's the only one. Okay. Okay. That's it. Uh, I have nothing else on the calendar. Um, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping to go to Chicago, um, just because I've never missed 
the Chicago show ever. Mm -hmm. So I figure, actually, it'd be super cool if you and I went to that. And uh, I've thought about it. I thought about it. I don't have any sponsorships at the moment, so it's it's kind of tough to. Yeah, I'll sponsor you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to go and work. Nobody's spent. Nobody's sending me out to ISSE either. I'm just going. Yeah. No, we'll just we'll just go and I'll get you there. We can get you. Yeah, that might be cool. That might be cool. I mean, because I've been wanting to go, and I wonder. Um, I I've been wanting to launch my um, um, my new website. Yeah. Um, and it'd be cool to like just go and and you know expose people to it. I mean, is it up and running fully now? It is up and running. It is up and running. So, um, as you know, um, January second, I was let go from from my dream job. I know. Um, which you know. Really crushed me then, you know. Uh, January second was tough. January third, fourth, fifth was pretty tough. Um, I got super vindictive for a minute, um, and I've learned ever since then that, uh, you know, I always said. I know you've heard this. You know, heard me say it before is like you know you gotta you gotta jump off cliffs. You know, my yeah. whole speech about jumping off a cliff. Um, so. Sometimes when we don't jump off cliffs regularly, you get pushed. And I think that's what happened. And I think that, that I got pushed off a cliff. And, you know, I was very, very angry until I realized that I probably... Oh, my internet's doing crazy things. Because I think I was getting complacent in my... You there? There you are. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, I think I was getting... Uh, was I thinking, what? I was going to say, my internet's going crazy, which has never, ever happened, so okay. it's weird. Uh, where did I, did I start breaking up? Yeah. Whereabouts? Um, just so you, right after your dream job and you were getting complacent. And okay, okay. I can go back over that. I'm not going to touch anything. I was going to try to pull up your website, and I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not, I'll let, let us just hear your story. I'm not going to do anything. Not touch yeah. nothing. <laughs> So as of uh, January second, I I lost my dream job and and um, it kind of crushed me for a minute. I mean, actually, well, not even a minute. I guess it was about four days, and um, I uh, I got vindictive and I got angry and I wanted to fight back. And I started realizing, you know, you've heard me say this before, that like you know we got to jump off cliffs and we have to jump off cliffs regularly. Yeah. Um, people like you and me, because we're not born with silver spoons in our mouths, we have to take risks and we have to take you know, um, whatever. And I think that if we don't do it regularly, um, life will do it for us. And I think that, you know, somebody came along and pushed me off a cliff. You know, I, I hit a rock, obviously. Um, but I know that, you know, once I get to the bottom of that cliff, I'll be successful. And I think that what was happening is I was just holding on and I held on to the rock and all that kind of stuff. And I think I just needed to let go a long time ago. So uh, what has happened since I, I was let go was... Uh, I've actually been able to have some time and to actually like do some, some, you know, not, well, I guess it is self-discovery, but like, you know, like really kind of figuring out like, what do I really want to do and what am I really happy at? And I was happy doing what I was doing because I was traveling, I was teaching. I mean, I taught 500 classes last year, but uh, uh, I wasn't happy because a lot of it had to be quantified through sales. Um, and I realized that sales is how we make our money. And I realized that, that, you know, sales makes the world go round. But I don't really like to do something based off of sales. And I've I've kind of changed, 
you know, my whole theory and I, you know, I really enjoy helping hairdressers. I help it. I enjoy helping hairdressers in their businesses and in their salons and in their lives. Um, I'm not the smartest cat, you know, in the tool shed, but, uh, I know a few things and what I do know is pretty Sesame street. And I feel like I can, you know, I've, I've been pretty successful to all my own personal ventures. Um, not necessarily, you know, when I work for somebody else, but when I, when I, um, have my own thing, you know, usually it's like I've ran, you know, a small chain of salons up in Portland. I, I, um, ran a school. I did all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily good with math and I can't write, but you know, I, I, I have street knowledge and, and that's usually what I've been sharing. I like when we were doing our, our how to be more awesome hairdresser yeah. you know, classes. I mean, that's really kind of what we were doing. And so I was like, well, I just kind of want to start coaching, I think. And, you know, maybe do some coaching here. I'm still going to continue traveling a little bit, but I don't think I'm going to work for one specific person anymore. I think that, uh, you know, working for distribution was fun and I kind of want to still do that, but I don't want to be stuck with just one distributor. I kind of feel like I want to like spread it out and work with, with multiples that I, that I agree with. You know, I don't know if I want to agree with non-integrity, you know, non-integrous or, or, or distribution or businesses that don't have integrity. There you go. Yeah, you don't want to work with people that don't have integrity. Yeah. No. I think this, I mean, it, what's cool is you've always been able to bounce back. You know, it's like no matter what happens, you still keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's cool. I think this is like... You know, it's, I think it's important for all of us, including myself, like sometimes just sit down and really go over like, what, what do I really freaking want? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like, like, uh, in November, actually October of last year, um, I started working on the side as a bartender again and how weird it is to actually start working again. (laughs) Working for someone else. How weird. Cause I haven't done like, and it's not physical labor, obviously, but it's like, it's nothing like what we do in the salon. And it's definitely not what I was doing teaching. No, definitely not the same as teaching at all. No. And I, I actually really kind of dig it. Not that I'm going to turn into a bartender because that's not what I want to do at all. But I think that even when I do bounce back completely, I'm probably going to continue bartending because it's just giving me a whole different perspective again. Okay, so here's my question to you: How is what kind of perspective is it giving you? What's it change? How's it changing the way you look at our industry? Well, I'll tell you right away. I'll, I'll give you a couple of things that I've been feeling uh, right away. I was uh, I was afraid to go apply. I haven't filled out an application in probably twenty years. Um, <laughs> so hard. Oh, I know. And and they're like, well, you know, tell me about your previous experience. I'm like. I was a bartender years and years, like 13 years ago, you know, and, and like, it, it was kind of weird because I was like, you know, I, I couldn't give real facts on what I've done in the past. Because, <laughs> You're like, wait, uh, I, I've done hair. Yeah, totally. And then I was afraid that people were going to um, notice me, you know, other hairdressers. And I was actually afraid to tell anybody. Now I'm like, well, you know, fuck it. I, I'm going to tell everyone. You know, why not? I mean, I, I don't have any ego about that. I, I you know, I, I wanted to make some extra cash. I wanted to get out of debt. I was laid off the first of this year, let go the first of this year. And I'm glad I actually was already working, you know? I mean, you know, and I think that something was just kind of telling me to go in that direction. It was weird having to wear a uniform again. Oh, um, yeah. And I was, I was actually, like, braiding my beard. They have to, like, make you clean up your time. Well, I was I was pinning it up for a while. 
go. To make it look like I had a short beard. Nobody noticed for a long time. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm like, fire me. I don't care. Um, but you know what's really fun about doing this? And this is something I'm going to recommend everybody that has some sort of position of, you know, maybe ownership or like head, um, like artistic head of some school or a salon or, or um, even a manufacturer. I'm going to recommend going back into this, going back into a job that you know, maybe only pays eight bucks an hour or, you know, you work on tips like a bartender um, and shut your mouth. Um, that has made me learn so much because everybody talks shit about everybody else. Everybody is hustling to get to the top of, of the business. They're all the manager. Everybody I work with is, you know, manager or shift manager or something. They think they're the manager. They think they know how to run it better. Right. They they have an opinion about something. And what's funny is I get in there, I don't have any opinions about anything. And I've even told my boss, I'm like, it's so funny because I don't care about climbing to the top of this. I don't want to be management. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But it's so funny how much shit I've heard about every single person that works in here. And people are trying to get me to talk shit. I'm like, I don't have any shit to talk because I just don't care about any of you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, in a weird way, it's, probably actually helps you understand how that business works better by not oh, yeah. saying anything. Oh yeah. Just like watch it and see what it I mean, Could you imagine if I was like a secret secret shopper right now, or if I was uh, one of those guys that were like, remember how they had those CEOs, the T TV show yeah. where they dress. I mean, I could, I could be like just destroying people right now. Cause I know everything about that business. <laughs> uh. What it also does for me, too, is that it kind of gives me a perspective of, you know, I mean, I definitely lost touch of the customer. I mean, you know, being a, a hairdresser, I went from being a hairdresser to being a school owner to, to you know, being a salon owner to owning multiple salons to getting back, getting away from behind the chair to becoming full-time, you know, educator like I have been. Um, I really segregated myself from, from the general public, and it's actually kind of nice to get back involved in the general public i mean i still have a massive love for the hairdresser first um but it is kind of interesting now you know that i can i can see well there are other people that do care about people and i just kind of got kind of jaded for a long time i think yeah no it's you know it's interesting like i when i have new stylists to start the salon we talked about this the other day and i was just like it's the same kind of deal it's like i always want them to to work another job in the beginning and bartending or waitressing or hosting is like the perfect job for all new hairdressers because then they can like intertwine with other customers. They can start building relationships and they can actually start to build a clientele much quicker than if you just sit around and wait for things to happen. And it's kind of cool because then they really practice customer service, not only at work, but at their other work too. And it's, I mean, for me, when I was in beauty school, that's what I did. When I was an assistant, that's what I did. And it's like, it's amazing. I think it's cool. I need to, maybe I just need to quit my job and become a bartender too. I mean, Stephen, I'm, I'm dead serious. I know from here on out, I will always recommend like new talent to, to have, a, have a second job. Yeah. But I will probably start recommending owners and like, like senior stylists to get this job from here on out. Yeah, I think you it's, know, I, I, think I actually, go ahead. That's, I think that's brilliant. I think yeah. it's a really cool thing. 
it's kind of liberating. Well, the thing is, is some, especially nowadays, so many people work by themselves. Oh, yeah. So all they see is what they isolate themselves around. And I think it's really important to be able to get outside. I mean, that's one of the reasons, like, even though I still own two salons and I run an association, I'm on the board of cosmetology for the state of Minnesota, I still work behind the chair four days a week and deal with customers. And for the last year, I haven't had an assistant. So I'm like doing my own shampoos, doing my own blow dries, doing still like, and I average about 10 to 12 clients a day and just kind of like bust it all out. You have to be in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you it's do. so important. You have to like humble yourself and just be, be at the same level as everybody you expect to work for or with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that I've learned a lot of that this year. So far yeah. in January. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. How, now, how are you going to bring that into your classes and coaching? Or do you have a plan yet? Um, I do. I, I feel like, like, like I said, well, number one is, is I'm definitely going to, to recommend salon owners to maybe find one or two days out of the week, maybe like a Friday and a Saturday, go apply it at, at a, you know, bowling alley freaking bar and do that for a while. Just apply for jobs. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, like, there's something to be said about being micromanaged. You know, I hate being micromanaged. And at this job, I really don't have any micromanagement whatsoever. And, you know, it's kind of nice. And it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a, uh, anonymity. It's kind of nice to be able to have, you know, to be able to say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up shop now because, it, you know, it's been, you know, open or closed for a while. No, we can't do that as salons because that's something different. But it's also nice to have the trust from, you know, it's nice for our like junior team members to be able to have trust from management as well as what I think are our Oh, most definitely. I think it's so important. I think that's one thing that's really, I mean, depends on who you ask. Some of my staff may say that I don't trust them, but realistically, I ultimately trust everybody on my team to do, to run. You know, it's like one of the first things that we do, I think I've, we've talked about in a couple of podcasts is all of our new hires, mm-hmm. usually after a couple of months, they become the key holders. So uh, they're yeah. the ones doing the opening and closing because I want them to understand the responsibility and be, you know, be part of that and kind of like understand how to come, you know, Hey, I got to be here. And yeah. it really does like make, it builds a stronger team when everybody's kind of all involved. At, at every level. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of think that that's, you know, definitely a part of, of what I'm going to start talking about this year, too, is that, like, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, like, I was filling out an uh, application today for something else, and it was, um, you know, give me references and give me, like, you know, what you've done in the past and blah, 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 blah. You know what I've learned is that hiring is guessing. Oh, it's- where firing is knowing yep you know so why not hire everybody i mean like unless they look horrible and they have like and you don't even know what their skill level is so there's really it's it's impossible to so pretty much if you want to come to my salon right now answer probably gonna be yes i'm probably gonna hire you um however and and it's like okay well maybe it'll work maybe it won't and i think we've talked about this before in the past is that I'm not an HR guy. I don't know anything about HR. I know a few things that you can and cannot say because you can go like, you know, it, it's, it's a liability, but uh, 
like when you start checking references and you start checking resumes and you start checking all that kind of stuff, all you're doing is asking their PR company to sell you on why they're, they're good. Right. Ask their PR company. <laughs> right. Right. It's so funny. Like when I look at a resume, it's kind of entertaining what I look, what I look for. I look for like three things when somebody applies for a job. Hmm. One, I look, did they actually fill it out for me to read? Yeah. That's, that's number one, because it's amazing how many people will do a blank or a blanket kind of like cover letter or thing. And it'll be, they'll forget that they're writing to one salon and they'll send it to another salon. And I'm like, and oh, yeah. okay. We know that, okay, that's not a good sign. Second thing I look for is have they had a job before. I always look just to see if they've either had a job or done some kind of volunteering, just because it shows me that they have some initiative. Mm. And then the third thing I look for is, does it look cool? Just mean like, is the resume just have like some kind of like look to it? Just because we're in a, in a like field, that's it. Other than that, I don't read it. Yeah. That, I just kind of glance at it, I'm like, okay, cool. And I interview every single person that comes in. And I would say I, I hire about 80% of everybody that I talk to. The biggest reason that I won't hire them is A, they show up late. So if they late, show up late for the interview, or B, they don't come in, as you said, you know, looking good. Mm -hmm. If they come in looking sloppy, or C, they just kind of like aren't very articulate and can't carry a conversation, then it's like it's going to be really hard for them in the business. Yeah. Other than that, that's about it. Bring them in. I, we can train them. You can train them. I can train them. Yeah. It's my job to make sure that they have the skills to my quality mm -hmm. and my quality level, but um, I can't teach them to be on time. I can't teach them to be nice. I can't teach them to like, you know, take care of themselves. But, and that's the only reason I don't hire somebody really. Yeah. Those yeah. two things. I, uh, I want to go back to the quality level, but what I also was thinking too is that like, you know, we've always been told, I've been told as a business person, you know, hire slow, fire fast um i now think no it's it's higher fast fire fast Yo, know, it's exactly yeah you, you know what i used to hire really slowly but then when i went actually went to hire somebody i wanted to they're like nah fuck you i've already got a job somewhere else yeah so now actually I, on the same day that somebody comes in for an interview i hire them yeah right on the spot if i know that i'm interested i hire them and then just fire them if, if it's yeah. not working out, they're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. As soon as you see something slip. Yep. You know, it's not ego. I think that, you know, I, I know when, when I owned my salon, I was so ego driven. I didn't even know I was ego driven, but of course I was. And we attach employ like employees to our own ego. Well, I must have fucked up by hiring them. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, it's it's just you two aren't a good match. Yeah, it's almost like dating. You know, like like it's exactly you know, like dating. You go out a couple of times. You like it. You like it. You like it. You start dating for realsies. You like it, and if it doesn't work, well, it's over. That's cool. If if it does, it's cool. You know, I I just think I think that's so funny. So I wanted to go back to what uh, you're talking about, like like quality. Yeah, quality and standards, man. I have been watching. Um, Chef Ramsay's. I have watched every single season. Like I'm on the 13th season. I started maybe middle of de December. 
Okay. The 13th season of Chef Ramsay's of Hell's Kitchen. Um, where they all compete to become his his uh, his uh, head chef at some like restaurant or something like that. Okay. I freaking love that show. I think that that is like probably the greatest show like made. Now it's almost kind of formulaic now, and I can almost tell you who wins just by like like within the first two episodes. I'm like, okay, so and so is gonna win just because they kind of have a formula. But the way he like plates and the way he he has that that drive for perfection and how he talks about every single plate that leaves his kitchen needs to be a Michelin star. Whatever happened to that? Why did, why did we lose that? Why did, you know, what, what happened to, to us? Like, like almost giving a damn. Uh, in the hair world or in the restaurant world? I would say probably not even in either of those two. Well, definitely in the hair world, but I'd say probably across our entire culture. I feel like we just don't care at all. That's a really good question. I've been like, <clears throat> I think, hmm, what's the right word for it? What is it called? The Dunning-Kruger? What is the, there's a theory or philosophy of like, you, you don't know what you don't know. And <clears throat> I think, I wish I could come up with, I wish I knew off the top of my head the actual name of this theory, but it's like the whole theory of you don't know what you don't know. So if you just learned how to play basketball, you think you're really good at basketball. And a person who is amazing at basketball, who's a pro at it, who's like, has that quality and that has that skill, it knows that it's taken him 15, 30 years to gain that skill, but you've just learned it, but you think you're just as good as that other person next to you. So it's an ego mixed with, uh, just you don't know what you don't know. And what happens is like, it takes you a couple of years. It's like, you go up this, like, I think I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And until somebody pushes you off that cliff that you're just talking about, yeah. then you're like, oh shit, I don't really know, fuck, anything. Yeah. I gotta like restart over. And then you start to lo learn and until like you're a 30 year old expert who actually does know. And so I think what happens is right now, everybody's like, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And they will hurry to be the best right away. Yeah. And they get some notoriety. So therefore they are the best. And then all of a sudden they think that's the standard, but they haven't learned all the hard ropes to get to. We've yeah. talked about the same concept, but it's like, there's a whole, but there is a whole like study yeah. theory on this. I was watching, I stumbled across, um, uh, free salon education with Matt Beck yesterday and he was doing yeah. a, a podcast and I watched it from you know the perspective of of a um you know just just one of his fans and I was commenting here and there and then like he calls me out I'm like fuck I mean I didn't want him to call me out but they were talking about this exact thing and this, this the guy he had on I can't remember who it was and I, I feel terrible that I can't remember who it was <laughs> it's, it's, um we're old come on oh, I know yeah. <laughs> um, he was talking about the difference between professional and amateurs mm -hmm. and I was like god what how well put it is he said he said amateurs are looking for the next best thing where professionals are looking for fundamentals you know amateurs want to hurry up and get there and they you know they want the the, the fast deal they want the sprint and all that where yeah. professionals 
really only kind of focus on the basics and just keep doing those basics over and over and over again. I remember when I got out in the industry, I remember learning the Luna. Do you remember the Luna? I don't. It later became the long, sexy layers. Okay. Okay. I remember those. Yeah. So long, just because it's long and sexy, that's the only reason. I oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, the it, it later became the long sexy layers. It originally was called the Luna, and I can't remember the name of the collection from the Paul Mitchell, you know, collection. But way yeah. back then. And I remember like, oh my god, and everybody got the Luna because that was like the new hip thing, and I can do that, and it was easy, and I'm good. Look how great I am. Look how great I am. Look how great yep. I am. Then um, and I, I learned all those collections, and I knew them back, you know like the back of my hand and blah, 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 blah. Then I stumbled onto, I think I have them right now, the primary series. Um, Scott Cole's Color Cutting Primary Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all of those still. I was like, holy shit. I don't even know anything. Like, I didn't know, like, I, it, like if I'm taking diagonal forward parting, why am I taking it that, that parting? And, and, you know, it needs to change just slightly. Mm-hmm. So then I poured into that, you know, and then I, I, I found, um, you know, the Chadwicks and I learned, I learned, you know, their stuff and I, I noticed, you know, their partings and then, you know, I discovered, oh, hey, and back then Sassoon wasn't talked about. We, we weren't, I mean, you they couldn't say. talked about it. No, you, couldn't. you remember those days. It was there, but you couldn't talk about it. Exactly. And you, did, you definitely didn't mention that you went there for training. No. That was forbidden. Especially, um, especially in that other company's world. Oh, totally, totally. And then they start sneaking in a little bit. You know, Angus is there and, you know, DJ was there. And they, I remember there was one uh, hair camp that we went to that I think that Sassoon came and, like, Angus was on stage and so was DJ. Yep. They did, like, a three-hour, like, haircut that I left halfway through because I just couldn't handle watching it. Um, but then I started realizing, oh, there's so much other stuff I don't know in just – the basic little like inside that box and everybody always says that you know you got to know the rules to break the rules no i don't think you do i think i think you know you got to like know the rules and work within those rules because if you if you break the rules you're just going to fuck things up you know right because actually there is no breaking the rule i tried to explain this actually to my assistant the other day because we were like we had a client come in who had a balayage disaster and i was like showing her like okay that you can tell by section by section what this person was trying to do, but I'm like, what is being missed? And I was showing her all the missed spots and where the things were, and I'm like, you don't need to change. It's like the foundation is always the same. Even though you're trying to do balayage or you're trying to do hand painting or whatever it is or hair cutting, you still have to follow the fundamentals you just have to twist it a little bit to make it modern, and that's it. And they're like, and she was like, "Oh, I'm totally understanding it now," because they all think that, "Oh, I just got to do this crazy shit." No, just do the fundamentals and just turn it to the side a little. Well, that that you know, like, like DJ always says, uh, advanced haircutting is the basics just started differently. Exactly. And I, I, that has resonated with me forever. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Where I learned that the most at, at a younger stylist age was working with Scott Cole one day. And I don't remember what haircut it was or what collection, but he did one where he started it way like back behind the ear. And he did like this really strange triangular section, cutting everything horizontally. But based on the section and how he was cutting, it created the shape. And I was like, 
oh, he's just doing basic fundamental haircutting, but because how he sectioned it and where he started, it created a whole different, it didn't give me a round ball like everything else, everybody else was trying to do. Was that that's where I had this aha moment. That was, that was a turning point for me, that one day I was assisting him and I was like, wow. Was that the teardrop? Huh? The teardrop collection or where, where did I it don't it? remember what it was. Did it have like it was it a bob with like a big long disconnection in front? It had like a disconnection and if I remember right, it was just like it was shorter in the back, longer in the front, maybe a little asymmetrical. I don't remember. And I think that um Linda did tricolor on it. Maybe yeah. Big yes. chunk of color here, a big chunk of color here, and a big chunk of color here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that collection. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird that I remember that shit, but I can't remember people's names or what I'm supposed so to like, do. I don't know who I just was saw on a podcast <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. And that was like a that was a point and turning point for me because all of a sudden I learned kind of like what you were saying. It's like we were learning collections. We were learning mm-hmm. how to do something. We were just doing what we were told, but we weren't really understanding what we were doing or why we were doing it. And until that point. I don't that, think they did. What was that? I don't think they did. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Not until you had people like Scott and, yeah. and other people from other companies come in who did know what they were doing. And not talking bad about them because they knew what they were doing other things. Like, like you know, Jean Braun knew how to dress hair. She oh, forgot exactly. more about long hair than, than most yeah. of us want to know. I'm just saying that, like, maybe she didn't know so much about haircutting. And I, I bet you she'd be the first to tell you that she just cut hair. She didn't really know everything. Exactly. You know? And I know Robert, Robert has always said that he's not a great hair cutter. Right. You know. He's a good showman. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, different conversation, then I probably got to leave here in a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a sports ball kind of fan, but I did happen to watch uh, uh, Kansas City versus the Titans. Um, and I, I was listening. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a Patrick Mahomes fan. Um, you're just, kind of talking gibberish to me because I have no freaking clue what all what you're talking so, about. So, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say because I want to learn. Well, I was going to ask you who is um, who are you looking at for the Super Bowl? Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, first of all, when is the Super Bowl? It's during ISSE. Oh, is it? Uh-huh, it's this weekend, I think. Oh, I have no idea. Um, that comes the next question. Who's in the Super Bowl? Well, the Kansas City Chefs. Oh, so at Kansas yeah. City, wasn't Chef. it? They have the Chefs? That's their name? I'm going to sound like a complete moron here, because I am. Kansas City Chefs, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the Chefs. And who's the other team? Um, 49ers. The 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are going to win. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's my, that, that's my prediction. My prediction is the 49ers are going to win. The only reason I say that is because I feel like they've won almost every game I've heard people say. Okay. Okay. This year? Okay. That's my that's, – and I've just heard people say that. So, I think they'd be – I'm actually kind of vested. I will actually take a bet if you'd like a handshake. Uh, I, I'm saying yeah, – yeah. Should we the, – the, the quarterback looks like kid in play. I have no idea. I never watched a game. Oh, well, do you remember kid in play? Yeah, I remember Kid and Play. The quarterback oh. looks just like him. Seriously? Yes. Does he have the cool hair? Yeah. 
<sighs> that's awesome. Yeah, totally. So like, okay. Oh, <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Um, I was listening earlier today to, uh, let me pull it up. I just was, just turned it off. Phosphorescent. Okay. I've heard of them, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I went, I, um, yeah, so a friend of mine just introduced me to them, so I was listening to them today. Okay. Kind of chill background music, I no. guess. No. I listen to a lot of, uh, uh, like, new wave, like, like original new wave, not, you know. Which? American made, mainly. American made? Oh, yeah, not, not so much of the European stuff, even though I, I prefer the European stuff, but I've been listening to, like, a lot of, like, the, so, like, the American-made the, Where's but, the romantics from? I think they were from here. And not by American made, because we didn't have a whole heck of a lot. So I'm going to re, uh, restate that. It's not American made, but the stuff that was definitely on, on our new wave pop charts. Okay. So what was your favorite ones? Um, well, OMD, definitely. Like Dazzle oh, Shits, yeah. I think, is one of my favorite albums. And it always has been, but I'm back to listening to that again. Do you um, listen to vinyl? Yeah, yeah. I have okay. it. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to like a lot of catching up with Depeche Mode. Um, what's funny, I'm getting back into like Echo and the Bunnymen. I've never really liked them very much, but I'm actually really getting into them right now. Echo and the Bunnymen and like the church are really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I would really, I, I think like going in deep with that is like kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And uh, like a, a little bit of mission. I've been listening to a lot of the cult. Okay. But I just have like a, I had like, I want to be Ian Asbury, I think. I, I think that that's, that's you know. <laughs> that's your dream. Yeah, Ian Asbury back then though. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. I better split. Yeah, I should too. So, hey, we got to do this again. Yes. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to a super important podcast about hair. Thank you so much.